hello, 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 says I'm live. I don't know if I believe it. So let me open this on my phone and make sure you can hear me and make sure everything is all good. Um, I'm coming live a couple minutes early. Just give me one second. If you're joining me live, give me a minute. You know the routine by now. Yep. Awesome. Okay. I always look at my phone to make sure I can be heard and seen because looking at my computer screen, I never know. Um, I'm going to pop a cough drop in my mouth real quick because I am still coughing. It has been a doozy of a two weeks, y'all. Um, man. So that's something I'm going to talk about. But I um, <clears throat> am still recovering from COVID. I have been sick now for 15 days and today is the first day I feel like a human being. <laughs> Today's the first day <coughs> I'm still coughing. So bear with me. I'm sorry. I hate to have a cough drop on here while I'm live, but there's no other options really. Hi, Katie. Um, today's the first day I actually feel like myself at, um, the last 15 days. Yes, it's been 15 days and I, um, no more fever, no more, all the like severe COVID stuff is gone, but now it's the snots coming up and sorry, spare you the details, but this is just my honest reality right now and coughing a lot. So I am going to be sucking a cough drop through this whole thing. Okay. I'm prepared. Got some notes. I'm ready to go. Um, if you're watching the replay, welcome. And just fast forward past this part of me talking about snot. Okay. All right. So when I was preparing today's Facebook live, um, I wrote down some, um, <coughs> I've had some one-on-one -on -one conversations with various Harmony members lately or things, common themes or questions I have gotten. And I, that's how I always prepare my Facebook lives every month is I look at common questions that have been asked or through one-on-one -on -one conversations or messages I've gotten or emails or things like that. And I create my Facebook live outline around that. So, but I also, while I'm live, want to answer any questions while I'm live as well. So if you're joining me, even if you're watching the replay, please ask questions. And Katie as well, we are both here to answer any questions you have um, ever. We are always here to support you all the time. Please know that unless I'm sleeping, I'll get back to you the next day. All right. So um, let's go ahead and jump right in. One of the things I have been seeing come up um, is the mid-year slump. And a lot of times I think teachers think the mid-year slump happens in January, um, right after winter break, but I, I feel like it's more like February. I don't know if you're feeling that, but I feel like it's February because of the fact that, let me make sure you can still hear me. Yes. Okay. Um, because January is done, you know, um, and usually January you go back and it's like excitement. There may be some new students. You maybe had a different way of teaching. You were virtual back to in person. We've talked all about all that this year. It just keeps changing up. And then February comes and it's like, oh, wait, I still like three full months, four full months of school left and the mid-year slump hits. I've had two different teachers tell me that just this week that they are facing what they're just like, I just feel like I'm in a slump. I feel like it's been a harder week than normal. I feel like, um, things that aren't usually like hard for me or aren't usually a big deal this week are harder. So I wanted to mention that. And I took some notes about thoughts I have around that. And so if you have any thoughts around the mid-year slump or how you get past it or um, how you identify those feelings and keep moving forward, I would love to hear about them. The first thing I want to say is that it's normal. <laughs> and so we talk a lot about that in harmony <clears throat> is the fact that when you feel like you're having certain feelings or mindset things around stuff. Um, I don't think that came out right, but you know what I mean. Thoughts. You sometimes feel like you are the only one feeling that way. And I want to tell you and acknowledge that you're not. You are, it's just not talked about a lot. You know, teachers don't just go up and go, are you feeling like you're in a slump? Are you feeling a little bit like your mindset's not where it should be? You know, you don't just walk up to a teacher in the hallway sometimes and just have those conversations. You know your teacher buddies at your school who you can talk to and have real conversations. And harmony is like a completely like open space for you to always feel like you can voice your feelings. Uh, that's why I created this environment, okay? So you can always talk about that. But if you feel like, and if you're just joining me, I'm talking about what's called the mid-year slump. If you feel like you are the only one feeling that way, I want you to know you're not. The feelings you're feeling 
when you feel like you're kind of like in a mid-year slump and you're like, why am I feeling this way? I just, uh, I just feel ho-hum about everything. Your feelings are normal. And I feel like it's especially magnified this year. Um, the feelings you're feeling are even more magnified because of COVID, because of all the different teaching situations you find yourself in, because your students aren't showing up. Like if you're teaching virtually, um, you feel like you're teaching to no one or, you know, they don't have their camera on or if they are coming in person, they have a mask on. So you can't really hear them singing like you normally would and things like that. It just it's just like sometimes the mindset stuff of you going back to I wish I was teaching music this way comes up and probably plays a part in the way you're feeling. Um, I want to say that every day or week won't be easy and it's normal for the hard days and hard weeks to come. That's normal. And I think what we forget sometimes is those, <coughs> excuse me, those hard days and weeks kind of sneak up on you. You feel like you're doing really well and you're kind of trucking along and you're having a really great week with your students. You're showing up. You're feeling like you're just like in it and you are totally 100% committed and just everything. You know those weeks where all the stars align and it feels like everything's going well and then the next week comes and for some reason like that Monday shows up and everything is just like, what in the world? What happened? Those days and weeks will come and what's hard is they don't really announce when they're coming, right? All of a sudden sometimes, um, sometimes those weeks will just show up or those days will just show up out of the blue and you're not expecting them. But I want you to know that that happens to everyone, everyone where those hard days and weeks will come. And it's like, you just have to acknowledge that That's just part of it. It's just part of it. And so telling yourself like, this is a hard day or this is a hard week, but I'm going to keep moving forward because I know that this is part of it. It's going to ebb and flow. We've talked about balance <clears throat> a lot, not looking like this, but it's sometimes going to be like this, like the balance, um, the scale is going to sometimes tip to one way or the other. Okay. So every day or week won't be easy and it's normal for the hard days and weeks to come. <coughs> um, Katie said, if I can be completely honest, I'm so relieved that I have a student teacher to share the hard work with. She'll take over for a bit. Yeah. Um, having someone that you can give that to is so nice, isn't it? Um, that is the nice thing about having a student teacher is to be able to just kind of, okay, here, you take some of the load off. And um, those of you who maybe you've thought about having a student teacher before and you have not yet, um, I would encourage you to. It is something that um, Katie and I talked about that before she took a student teacher. And I had three when I was in the classroom. And I remember it being kind of uncomfortable at first and kind of um, like, like, who am I to help this person? Like, you know, or this is my classroom. This feels awkward. This person's taking over. But it helped me as much as it helped my student teacher. I don't know, Katie, if you're finding that yet. But um, being able to mentor and same thing with you guys, being able to be a mentor helps me grow. And so you being able to mentor a student teacher will help you grow as a teacher and you will learn things from that student teacher that you never even thought of. So, um, yes, completely. <coughs> I'm so sorry about the coffee. Okay, I'm just saying that. I cannot help it. Okay, so getting over the mid-year slump. Another idea I wrote down is to try to stay ahead of planning and realize that this year will have a lot of twists and turns. Now, when I say stay ahead of planning, of course, you can't put more hours in your day. Of course, there's going to be things that come up or you think you plan something and then you're deciding, mm, I kind of don't want to do it that way. I'm going to do it a different way or something like that. But um, I know what I mean by stay ahead of planning is if you have like this week, okay, as you're planning for next week, when you look at things ahead of time of what you're planning before you get to that next week, it will help you beat that slump because it'll kind of make you excited about, <coughs> about what you're going to teach. You'll have time to reflect. You'll have time to um, redo things or um, add new things in or take things away ahead of time. And so that's what I mean by that. Um, keep your why in mind. And on those hard days, go back to that. I will keep revisiting that statement over and over because when you remember your why, why did you become a music teacher? Why did you um, choose this profession when you could choose everything else? Of course, you did not know COVID was going to be part of the equation. Of course, none of us knew that. <coughs> but go back to your why on those hard days where it does feel like out of six classes you taught, five of them were a hot mess. And it feels like you did not effectively teach music at all that day. But go back to your why. Why are you showing up for the students? When you signed up for it, you did. You knew there were going to be days where there, the kids weren't all cooperating, where there were just going to be tough days. And so go back to your why. When you forget 
why am I doing this? This is so hard. It broke my heart the other day. I read a statistic that said, um, I don't want to say this wrong. That's why I'm looking off into the distance thinking, um, 50, yes, it was 50% of teachers quit within their first five years. And that was not even like considering COVID. It was just in general, 50% of teachers, new, 50% of new teachers quit. Well, I guess they wouldn't be new. 50% of teachers quit within their first five years. And those of you, all of you that are teachers, you know why, you know the reasons why. It's straight up hard. It's very, 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 very hard. And it gets harder every year. And especially like this year, there's been a lot of like, expectations put on teachers by people who aren't teachers or have never been a teacher and just expect you to do things or parents saying hurtful things. Maybe they're like their kids are learning from home and they just think the teachers aren't doing enough without even truly understanding what goes behind planning a lesson and planning all the teaching that you're doing for their children. <clears throat> so I, I realize all those negative things are real. Your feelings are valid. It is very, very hard. So when you have those hard days and weeks, please go back to your why. Please remember why you're doing what you're doing on those crazy days where it is just like the alarm goes off in the morning and you're just like, I don't even want to do this today. Yesterday was way too hard, okay? Um, good, Katie. Yeah, so it's helping you grow having that student teacher. I love that. Um, and then the last thing on this point before we go into Black History Month is give yourself grace and take breaks as needed, okay? Um, I wrote down, listen to what your body and your mind needs from you and be okay with putting your needs first. Now, I wanna touch on give yourself grace first. If you're anything like me, um, you guys, if you do not know this about me by now, I'm very type A. <laughs> I am very hard on myself. I am, I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I am much better than I used to be. But I am very hard on myself. I am very like, if I have a plan and like back in the day, um, if my, it, like I planned for a Facebook live and let's say I had technology problems, I would like dwell on it all night long. When I was in the classroom, if a lesson that I thought you needed to go from this point to this point and I had only gotten this far in my lesson, I could not let it go. It would stress me out. And so give yourself grace. And I want to say that, like, if the lesson doesn't go well, if you don't get through your complete lesson, if you wanted to do some assessment in your classroom and you did not get through it, if you had to, if your classroom was, I mean, not classroom, class was interrupted four times because of things out of your control. If you um, show up and you're just not feeling it, like I said, and you want to shift what you were going to do that day because you're not feeling the lesson, <coughs> you had already planned whatever if technology breaks if the copy machine is broken if whatever else give yourself grace and say you know what i am not gonna harp on those issues which are big deals i'm not undermining any of that but say i'm gonna give myself grace and i'm gonna keep moving forward it may not be right away it may not be easy to move past those things um but i'm gonna give myself grace and allow myself Maybe not yourself to make mistakes, but allow um, whatever happened throughout your day that just knowing that those things will come and being able to move forward. I think that's a learned skill. It's not something that's easy. And I would be the first to admit, like I said, I am a perfectionist. It's hard for me to move past things. I want my ducks in a row. I don't like them scattered around and it stresses me out when it does. Okay. Um, but give yourself grace and also acknowledge when you need breaks. The last two weeks for me, being sick, inconvenient, that was not in Jessica's plan. I did not have a plan for getting sick with COVID. <coughs> it all happened really fast. Um, my oldest son came home, <coughs> excuse me, he woke up on Martin Luther King Day with a fever. And then that Wednesday, my middle son and I were sick. And then that Saturday, my husband and my youngest son, all three of our boys, um, when they say it doesn't affect kids like it does adults, they weren't lying. They all had strep too, but within 24 hours, even though they all, <coughs> all three got sick on different days, they were all over it within 24 hours, like done. So we're still laying here sick, taking care of our kids. What I'm saying is that was not <coughs> Jessica's plan. Sorry, y'all. I'm gonna have to drink some water in a minute. That was not in my plan to get sick. It was so funny because my personality, I was more frustrated about the fact that I was sick and I couldn't do work and that I was behind in grad school work and all the things 
than the fact that I was sick. Go figure, right? But what I was getting getting somewhere with that. What I'm getting at is I had to be okay with taking a break. I had to tell myself, like, what does your body need right now? Yes, your Harmony members need you. Yes, your business needs you. Yes, you have people vying for your attention and needing your response to emails and things like that. But I had it for a week. I didn't respond to anyone. Katie, you know that. I didn't get back to anyone. I didn't do anything. I don't even think I opened my laptop because I was that sick. And I had to be okay with that. I had to be okay with the fact that, like, Jessica, your mind right now needs a break. Your body is physically sick. Be okay with that. Give yourself grace and take the break you need. So listen to what you're, and I'm not saying just if you're sick, but listen to what your mind needs. Listen to what <clears throat> your body needs. If you are worn out physically after a school day and you can just tell you have <clears throat> in the middle of the week, we're towards the end of the week right now, you are just feeling worn out. Does your body tonight need to just rest? Maybe you had planned to, I mean, we're not planning a lot of plans right now because of COVID, right? But maybe you had planned to, I don't know, meet your parent for dinner or your mom or dad or a sibling or a friend or whatever. And but you're like, or maybe you had just had like scheduled a Zoom call with someone and you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to physically allow myself a break tonight to just rest. I'm going to turn everything off. I'm going to mentally turn off and I'm going to be okay with that. So give yourself permission. Listen. Be in tune with yourself to listen to what your body and your mind needs from you, okay? That will really, really help. Okay, so let's move past that. I want to move on and talk about Black History Month. So Black History Month, I made an Instagram post the other day, and I'm going to say it wrong, so I'm going to open my phone and read it to you. I said, I'm right here just at Jessica Presta, just said, reminder, celebrating Black History Month in the music room isn't just a month to check off your teacher to-do list, but about truly acknowledging and teaching about the music, culture, and history every single day. This was not me calling anyone out. Never do I ever post anything to make anyone feel bad or, oh, she's attacking me. No, it's just to make you think a little bit, okay? <clears throat> the reason I posted this is because to me, as you guys see in the Harmony lesson plans, celebrating cultures from around the world, um, other cultures, genres of music, styles of music is important to me to celebrate all year long, right? It's not just about, um, now that doesn't mean like, okay, like this month we're going to focus on Black History Month, um, next month Australia, I know I'm just naming random things, but um but celebrating all year long different cultures and bringing it into your classroom is important and not just in a month is what I was trying to get at with that post, okay? So while you're celebrating Black History Month, I want you to, the, the whole point of it is to celebrate Black history, to celebrate the music of um, Black artists and Black musicians that have shaped music into what it is today, right? So February, I love that there's a whole month set aside to do that, but with saying that, I think it's important to focus um, on Black history all year long, okay? In your music room and what you do, the books you read, what do you have posted on your walls, what kind of music are you doing with your students, what kind of... Um, my, my brain is foggy and I apologize y'all I'm still recovering so give me a minute blah, blah, blah. what kind of activities you're doing movement activities um, listening activities I may have said all that but anyways what are you doing with your students all year long not just in one month okay and that goes for all cultures and and there's a couple different ways to do this of course you can have a culture of the month as you see in the harmony lesson plans or you can just kind of mix it all year long where you're just doing a little bit of um, cultures in your classroom all year long and not like one month, not one culture of a month, if that makes sense. So in with Black History Month, um, so celebrate, it is celebrated in the month of February. So here are some ideas and I'm just going to leave it very general because you're going to see so many different ideas, excuse me, on social media or ideas you already have, but I'm going to leave it pretty general and then I'm going to let you find what works for your classroom and with your students, okay? So, highlight musical artists and styles of music by bringing in books, songs, <coughs> movement activities, um, by listening to music, decorating your bulletin boards, and discussing music with your students. Um, 
I one of my favorite activities ever in the whole world, and I believe this was in last month's lesson plan pack, but What a Wonderful World, the song What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. <coughs> and ah, you um, basically just play the song, let the kiddos listen to it, and have them, the little, especially with the younger elementary kiddos, have them color a picture of what the music makes them think about. So simple. But basically, you're going to be so impressed by all the different pictures you see coming out from them listening to the song. Then it opens up conversations about what was his voice like? What did you, why do you think he was singing about these things? And then you can play music, play some blues music, and then play some jazz music and talk about the different compare and contrast, which um, that's perfect to do with your upper elementary grades is compare and contrast like blues and jazz. What's the same? What's different? <clears throat> what, what? Do you think, um, how do you think these musical styles were influenced? Um, what other musical styles are influenced by these types of music? And you bring in conversations. Books is an amazing way to talk about, honestly, anything. When you can't bring kids to like a live performance, you can bring books to them. Show them instruments. Show them big band instruments. Show them musical artists and books about that musical artist. And then explain what are they wearing? What was the stage like? What kind of instruments are used in jazz? What What is big band? What was the point of it? Why did they have that? Um, talk about jazz clubs and all the different types of things you can talk about. And so not just the month of February. Celebrate Black History all year long. But February is Black History Month. So I want you in the Harmony Facebook group, share your ideas, share what you're doing in your music room when it comes to Black History Month and, and share what other teachers, what has worked for you and what would work for other teachers as well. I always want you guys to share what works for you because I know if you have a great idea, somebody else will have, will get something from that idea as well. So please always share what you're doing with us and let everybody know what's going on and what you're doing. Um, yeah, so um, I have a podcast episode that's going to be coming out next week actually about Black History Month and I will share it with you guys when it goes live. But even a lot of the playground games that uh, are played in like black neighborhoods by little boys and girls that we do in the music room like little sally walker those are a lot of those have come from black neighborhoods that they it originated from there and those are definitely different ways of <coughs> participating with music as well right spirituals is another one a great idea to do with your kiddos as well okay the next thing i want to talk about is teaching in a title one school now you're probably like why are we talking about that let me take another drink of water so because i'm still coughing Okay, so a lot of you know my story. Um, I worked in a Title I school, a very, very low-income school. It was in the inner city of Tulsa, and I started the music program that had been dormant for seven years from scratch, okay? So that is my story. I was at that school for seven years. And in meeting a lot of you who are now Harmony members, you're either currently or have taught in a Title I school. And having conversations, in fact, last night I had a conversation one-on-one -on -one with one of our Harmony members. Two weeks ago, I had another conversation with a Harmony member. And I keep seeing a, re, a, like a revolving theme where teaching in a Title I school is not the same as teaching anywhere else. And not bad, it's just different. And I have not talked about this a lot in Harmony, but I wanted to talk about this tonight, today, wherever you're listening, um, because I think it's important, okay? So um, the reason I'm, the first thing I want to say about teaching in a Title I school is the fact that <coughs> it's just not the same. So like my, let me, let me break it down like this. I'm really trying to say this delicately so I don't say it wrong, okay? So what my student teaching experience was... <coughs> in one of the um, most well-off schools in Tulsa area. It was very well-funded, a lot of parent involvement, and there was, they didn't even have to have any like fundraisers. There was just the music teacher, anything she needed, she got. There was just always money ready and available, always. Um, 
there was not a lot of behavior excuse me issues it was like a little bit of you know back talk like a little bit of sass from the fourth and fifth graders not a lot it wasn't anything um like i'm so sorry y'all excuse me it wasn't like severe okay um she could pretty much just present any musical idea or activity she wanted with her students and they would just go right along with it okay now then i get my first teaching position um so yes my school had not had music for seven years it was in the inner city um the ideas that i had taken from my student teaching <coughs> experience that i tried to do with my students did not go over well i had to take the time to get to know the families at my school to and a lot of my kids um, came from my students came from either single homes a lot of them had a parent in prison a lot of the kids lived with grandparents who were raising them um, we had a lot of kids who got bussed in from a different part of town so they would a lot of them would talk about drive-by shootings the night before um, I had physical fights in my classroom I'm talking my first week of teaching ever bloody noses uh, beads being pulled out of hairs um, the chairs thrown across my classroom a kid ran out of my classroom out of the school building one day when I was pregnant um, totally so you see it was just totally different school buildings totally different schools the kids both learn music at both schools just different school environments this school had funding mine did not I did not have funding I did not have anything in my classroom to teach with I had no resources to work with and this is the part of the story I share all the time but the part of the story I don't talk about a lot is there was no money for me to get those items there was no help um, until a couple years later when my district did give a stipend to all music teachers that was the only way I was able to get money but with that said <coughs> I quickly realized that what worked at this school that I did my student teaching placement at is not what worked with my students I had to get to know them I had to develop lesson plans um, most of them you see <coughs> I'm so sorry you guys most of them you see in the harmony lesson plans those are the, a lot of the lesson plans I created to meet my students where they're at um, because I had to know my students and you that's where I'm trying to get at you're gonna be teaching at a different school than any other teacher in harmony okay some of you in here are at a title one school where you don't have a lot of funding at your school you have a lot of discipline issues from your students a lot of your students come from very rough home lives and they're acting out and fighting and saying words that you didn't know like elementary kiddos could say um you're like wait i don't even know that i didn't know that cuss word till i was a high schooler and so and then some of you are not at that type of school and so everybody in here you're in different school buildings <clears throat> you're with different students you're in a different um, school environment than anyone else in here and so those of you who are teaching at a title one school I kind of want to touch on this a little bit in this Facebook live because I want to first of all acknowledge that you're doing amazing work because there are a lot of these schools there is this was my situation a lot of retention a lot of the teachers are not staying um, I can't say a lot of them but I can speak for my situation there was a lot of turnover before I got there there was two long-term subs that kept like quit they couldn't even get a teacher to hold the position um, there's a lot of turnover because it's really hard to work at a school where you are dealing with fights you're dealing with behavior issues you're dealing with lack of um, parent support sometimes you're dealing with rough home lives and you're worried for your safety at the school building that may have bars on the windows right um so with that said teaching at a low-income school or a title one school is very hard it, and i want to acknowledge that because i like i said i've had several one-on-one -on -one conversations lately and i've had <coughs> teachers every time i have this conversation asking should it be this hard I feel like this is hard and I feel like if when I talk to my friends who graduated right along with me who were at a school that even like you know on the other side of town they're not struggling as much as I am and yes it is hard it is hard because you are breaking down some walls and forming relationships with these students where 
it's just going to take you more time to earn their trust. And so a lot of times what advice you're not given when you work in a Title I school as a music teacher is the fact that especially the first year that you're there, you're not going to be teaching as much music as you want to because it takes a lot of energy and time to form relationships with your students. A lot of time. And a lot of times you're new and it takes them a long time to trust a new adult in their world. And even though you may come to this school with a ton of great ideas and great musical activities to do and all these amazing songs and um, ideas you learned even in college or from a previous placement you were at or whatever it might be, when you bring these ideas to your students, sometimes you're going to get these blank stares. They're going to be talking over you. They're not going to give you any effort. And you're going to leave school a lot of days, speaking from experience, wondering what you're doing wrong. Where you're not doing any wrong, anything wrong, year two will get easier. In year three, which I've talked about that magical year three before, you're going to find your stride. You're going to feel a lot better. You're going to feel like you're more comfortable with what you're doing and your students get to know you a bit better and they're going to want to learn from you and they're going to trust you. It's about keep going and not giving up because I promise you putting more, keep putting effort in and not giving up on these kids and not giving up on teaching them music. It will pay off. I promise. Okay. So somebody needs to hear that in harmony. That message may not be for everyone, but I know there's teachers in here who are at a Title I school, and I want to acknowledge you and thank you for, first of all, the work you're doing and acknowledge that, yes, it is hard. It is hard. You never know what you're going to go into each day um, with your students, okay? Okay, so at a Title I school, you'll <coughs> – and I can't generalize all Title I schools, but a lot of times – these are the schools you're going to see more behavior issues at, cussing, fights, and maybe what worked at another school when it came to classroom management or your teaching style or lessons you taught to your kids. <coughs> you may try the same ideas at this particular school building you're at and you find that it doesn't work the same because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach with teaching music to any child or at any school setting. It is about trial and error, which we're going to talk about at the end of this Facebook Live, and it's about what works for your students, getting to know your particular group of students, even if it's different than maybe a school you were at last year, okay? So I already said this part, but it's about staying consistent <coughs> and the kids knowing you love them, but also that them knowing that you're not going to let them get away with things and being consistent it really does pay off you may not see it you may not see the consistency paying off it may not be till next year it may not be till next october and all of a sudden you're like okay i'm glad i stayed consistent because it will pay off um and then it's going to feel like you're trying new ways of teaching and classroom management all the time because you are um just like at any school it's going to take a while <coughs> to find what works for you, and it's about not giving up, okay? Just keep trying. Um, and also, this goes for any teaching situation, and we've talked about this before. Like if you have four third grade classes, you know that there's one third grade class, no matter what you do, you cannot do things the same way with them that you do the other third grade classes. You have to always change up your approach. And then um, don't compare your teaching situation to anyone else's. We talk about that all the time in Harmony, but especially my Title I teachers. I don't want you to compare what you're doing to anyone else because you're going to hear them saying like, oh, things are so easy or in my first year teaching and it's just going swimmingly well, where maybe they had a teacher that was there before them that like completely set the classroom up and um, they just followed right in their footsteps and it just be, it was just kind of easy to just step into that role. But for you, you feel like you're like always swimming. Is it downstream, upstream, oh, against the current? There we go. Um, and it feels like things are harder for you. But you can't compare yourself and say, well, how are they doing so well and I'm not? You have to focus on your teaching situation and your students, okay? Because your situation will not look like anyone else's, okay? So somebody needed to hear that. Before we move on to tech ideas to use with your students, I need another <coughs> cough drop. <coughs> I've actually been doing really well with coughing. 
like the first half of this day. I recorded two podcast episodes today and I had to edit out tons of coughing. I'm so over this, y'all. If you have gotten COVID in your family, I I promise I have been praying for y'all. Um, and it is just, it's the worst. <laughs> if I can be honest, I'm over it. But I am better. I really am. This was all this coughing is just getting on my nerves. Like I can't even do a Facebook live like this without coughing. Anyways. Okay. We are going to finish this and I'm going to get through it. Here we go. Tech ideas to use with your students is the next point in my agenda. Okay, so as you may or may not know, I am pursuing my master's in educational technology. Super excited about what I'm learning and to share with you. And um, in the first semester of the program, so there's going to be a lot coming out that I'm going to be creating around what I learn and sharing with you guys. Um, but I took some notes of things that I want to share with you tonight pertaining to technology, whether you're virtually teaching or whether you're in your classroom or whether you're rolling a cart to a classroom, okay? I feel like the things I'm going to share will be pertinent to you. Remember that technology will never replace you as a teacher. I know especially those of you who are teaching virtually, you feel like sometimes that all you're doing is providing ways for students to click on a link, go to a website, do a virtual choice board, um, watch this Google you know, slideshow, whatever it might be. And sometimes you just feel like you're not um, teaching like you normally would. And you're right. This year looks different. So take that out of your mind that you're not doing a good enough job. Because I promise you that you are not being replaced by technology, okay? So, first of all, keep that in mind. Technology will never replace you as a teacher, even if it feels like this year you're not doing a lot of teaching, okay? Technology should be there to enhance the learning experience, whether you're teaching in person or online. I, to be honest with you, I am not, it's ironic, but I'm not a very tech-savvy person. I am, I still, I've probably told you, I wish you could see my desk right now. I have probably like, one, two, three, four, five, five notebooks up here. I, and I, I love taking notes with paper. I mean, I'm also Google Docs and I also do the notes app on my phone, but I am such a paper pen person. Technology, like I, I use computers obviously, but I am not a big tech savvy person. And maybe you find yourself in that camp. <coughs> But I truly believe that technology is always going to be a part of our education system um, as a teacher and for your students. And every year, it's going to be more and more used, right? There's always going to be technology expectations put upon you where you're asked to use technology more and more, yes, even as the music teacher. And so it is one of those things where instead of staying stuck in your ways, and I'm not saying any of you are, it is about learning how to move forward and adapting to the education as it keeps changing and evolving, okay? So technology should be there to enhance the learning experience. It's always going to be there. And I feel like um, in the music room, <coughs> it should be some technology should be used pretty much every time the kids are in there. That does not mean give them iPads every single time. It doesn't mean you're always going to use the smart board. It doesn't mean they're always going to have a choice board that you're sending them or a website to go to. But technology is going to be used. It could just be like today we're listening to music. But technology is going to always be part of the education system because the kids of today are living in a digital age. And so preparing them for the world we live in, even in the music room with technology, is important. But here's what I want to say. Don't compare what you have to what someone else has and just use what you have available to you. Like we talked about my story. <coughs> I decided I wanted student computers in the music room. And as you've seen in the Harmony lesson plans, um, one of the lesson plan packs, <coughs> two of the lesson plan packs actually, um, I talked about doing centers in the music room. And one of the centers I did was with two dinosaur computers. That's all they had <coughs> to give me. And so that's what I used. I didn't say, oh, that's not fair. Or, you know, this classroom down the hall has tablets for their kids. No, I just said, okay, I'm going to use what I have. And we made the most out of using those computers. 
was it ideal? No. Did I want these giant box computers? No. But I went through and I put on there in a folder all the websites I wanted <coughs> my students to explore on and what <coughs> by organize it by grade level and that is what we used. And so instead of being jealous that the school down the street had a smart board in their music room and all these, you know, awesome like tablets the kids could use or whatever else, I just said, I'm going to use what I have available to me. And that's, I want to speak to you because you may find yourself with a classroom full of iPads and, or you might find yourself in the camp I'm in where like, it's a struggle to get like one or two student computers to use in your music room. So just use what you have available to you. And please, we talk about this all the time, but don't compare what you have to anyone else because that's not gonna do you any good to say, I wish I had that, or it's not fair they have that, or I could do more if I have that. No, 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 no. You can effectively teach music with what you have. What you have is not gonna look the same as anyone else. In fact, I have seen music teachers who have all the things. They walk into a classroom with like 25 piano keyboards, a classroom full of tablets, um, a smart board, whatever else, and they don't use half of it, okay? So it's not about the stuff. It's about what you do with the stuff, okay? And you can do a lot with this, with just a little bit of stuff because it's not about the technology. Technology is there to enhance education, not to replace it, right? And it doesn't replace you because you are still the teacher. <coughs> so that's actually my next point. It's not about the stuff, but about engaging kids in learning and using technology to enhance what's already happening in the, happening in the music room. Um, so different ways to use technology. You can send students to websites, which um, this next coming up lesson plan pack and actually last month's lesson plan pack, there are several instruments of the orchestra websites. Um, you got, you know, a lot of you use Quaver or Music Play Online. There's so many amazing websites you can send kids to to explore music and to learn about music. Um, or to watch a musical performance on YouTube or whatever it might be. Choice boards, like I've already provided a choice board um, example in the Harmony. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it's under bonus resources, but a lot of you use Google Slides and you can create choice boards based on that where you're doing it with your kiddos in your classroom or you're sending it home virtually for them to do as well. Um, Using familiar language, like I shared this in the Facebook group, I think last week, but you could say something like tweet about a musical performance or while they're watching, like we did instruments of the orchestra last month um, in the Harmony Lesson Plan Pack. So I want you to watch this instruments, watch this video about the instruments of the orchestra or give them a specific instrument family. Watch the strings family. And I want you to tweet about pretending you're at a live performance and send me a tweet about what it would be like. That's perfect for a fourth or fifth grade. Bringing language they're already used to and something that's relevant to them like tweeting or TikTok or Instagram. And then you create an assignment based around that and they would love it send me a tweet, share it with your friends. And um, and you can tell them how you want them to share the tweet. It may not be on actual Twitter, but hashtag this performance is great because of this, this, and this. Okay? So same thing with TikTok. Maybe you are teaching them about, I don't know, a dance from Mexico or an African dance. And you are saying, okay, now your assignment is to create a TikTok video based on the dance you just learned. You can add your own captions, you can edit it to look how you want it, um, whatever it might be, but create a TikTok video based on that and show me a dance of that particular culture of the month we're working on or whatever it might be. So those are some ways to use technology as well. Don't be afraid to think outside the box and to share ways you use tech ideas with your students with the other Harmony members. If you have not gotten a chance yet, watch Joe Tagnipes. Um, and Joe, sorry, um, I hope I said your last name right. But watch his Harmony members share. <coughs> he shared about how he uses technology to teach his kiddos from home. What does he use to edit lessons? Um, he shows how he sees his students submitting um, assignments. And, and easy ways to do that. 
That, those are just suggestions. So everything we give is suggestions. Your ideas may not work for someone else. I know some of you use Canva, some of you use Google Classroom, some of you use Flipgrid, some of you use um, Nearpod. There are so many different technology ideas out there. And what I don't want you to do is get stuck and say, oh, I was using this, this, and this, but I found these other ideas, so I'm gonna do that instead. No, it, you don't have to do all the things. You keep it simple. Keep it simple and do what works for you. And then you can, of course, always add things in, but you don't have to. You don't have to do everything. There's always, every year, speaking of technology, there's gonna be new technologies added and new ways of teaching and new ways of providing technologies for your students. And you can't do it all. It's just not possible. It's the same thing with music and lesson ideas and activities for your classroom. You know, um, when we talk about body percussion, there are, if you look on YouTube or wherever else, or any body percussion book, there are going to be, I don't know, gosh, I'm going to name a random number, a thousand body percussion activities out there. Would there be any possible way to do all of them with your students? Of course not. You choose ideas that work for you and you do those and you just like say okay i know those other ideas are there if i ever want to use them and so the same ways with technology don't be so overwhelmed with all the different technologies that are out there and just focus on what works for you then you can always add things in or play around with other different technologies later on as well okay um your schools may have expectations they ask of you and it's okay to learn something new. And, oops, sorry, it's one of my kids. It might be intimidating at first to learn something new, but the more you do it, just like anything in life, the more comfortable you're gonna get. And the last thing I wanna say about technology before I move on to my last point of today is kids can do a lot more <coughs> than you think they can. So if you're finding kids are bored or aren't so engaged, a lot of times that's just kids, first of all. Um, but sometimes it's just about like, okay, I need to do something different. I need to change something up. And so challenge them with your fourth and fifth graders. Try a composition activity, maybe with GarageBand. Um, you're going to be very surprised at how quickly a lot of them will rise to the occasion. They really will. They can do a lot more than you think they can. The last point I want to talk about today is not giving up. We talked a lot about this at the very beginning of this Facebook Live, but treat your music room as your personal playground. Okay, I always want you to be kind of like in it, like just play around in there. Trial and error, it's, it's huge. And so things aren't always gonna be easy and just keep that in mind. It's not like I want things to be hard for you, but things will not always be easy. There's gonna be hard days, there's gonna be hard weeks, there's gonna be moments where things are just straight up hard. Okay, a lot of being a music teacher is trial and error. It's trying a lesson that didn't go well. What could I do instead? Do I need to change the whole lesson? Do I just need to change up a little bit? Was it the environment? Was it because of um, where the kids are sitting? Do I need to have them do instruments instead? Did I spend too long on instruction time? It's all about trial and error, figuring it out, going back to the drawing board, trying something else. It's not giving yourself a hard time. It's not beating yourself up and saying, I'm not a good enough teacher. No, none of that. It is saying, okay, that didn't go perfectly, but what could I do instead in trying something else, okay? Um, a bad day or bad week doesn't make you a bad teacher. I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to hear this today. A bad day or a bad week does not make you a bad teacher. You are allowed to have bad days. You're allowed to have bad weeks. You are a human being. You're going to have those days or weeks that just suck. I can be honest with you that are just no matter what you do it seems like they're just there's just gonna be hard days and weeks you guys and it's about what do you do to move past them how do you keep moving forward come into this community this is why I created this community and why I'm so passionate about it because I want this to be your safe space I want when you're out there and you're like I feel lonely I feel on a music teacher island I feel frustrated I feel sick of this pandemic I feel overwhelmed, I feel overworked, I feel unappreciated, come to Harmony. The reason I named this membership site Harmony is because I want you to find Harmony. Yes, it started, this membership site started before the pandemic hit, but you guys, I'm so grateful for this community because I want it to be your safe space for you to say, okay, Harmony family, 
I need your support. I need a virtual hug. I need some advice. I need, I just need to vent. This where is where I want you to do it. And don't feel like you're in here complaining. Don't feel like you're, you know, people are going to think you're like just negative Nancy. No, they're not. You're allowed to be human. And I want this to be your safe place to do that. Okay. And the last thing I'm going to say is constantly be, look, constantly be looking for ways to tweak what you do and to change it up from class to class. Nothing is ever set in stone. You are allowed to change things. You are allowed to change your mind. You are allowed to redo things. You are allowed to take things out of your lesson plans and put different things in. It's your classroom. Remember to keep it in mind like it's a playground and keep changing things up. And you're going to keep growing every single day you already have. I've seen so much growth from so many of you. I am so proud of the way you've shown up this year. Excuse me. The way you've shown up for your students, for yourself, for each other. And keep going. Don't give up. You're doing a great job. Okay? And if you can teach during a pandemic, you can teach through anything. You're a fantastic person, a fantastic teacher. And you are doing incredible work. Your kids are so lucky to have you. And please don't ever (coughs) doubt the impact you're making in your students' lives. Because I promise you, this happened to me just this week. I got an email from a student who's in his 20s now thanking me for um, being his music teacher way long ago. You never know that seed you're planting that'll come back full circle years later. Okay? And a lot of times it's going to be one of your toughest kids. I promise. You guys have a great rest of your day. Please comment on this video. Please um, comment in the group. Let us know what you need. Please know I'm always here for you. I'm here to support you any way I can. And next week we have our member call on Wednesday night. I think that's the 10th. Yes, the 10th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern with Justin Griffith. If you're not familiar with Justin Griffith, He is on Instagram, I believe, at the key of Mr. G or something like that. But he is amazing. (coughs) He is, he does a lot of hip hop in his classroom with his students. Oh my gosh, he is just awesome. And so you're not going to want to miss next week. I promise you're going to want to come on. And when you show up live, you get to ask our guest experts questions live right there on the spot. And so um, have a great rest of your day, you guys. And I will see you soon. Bye.